Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses Commander-related topics, and today we are tackling our biggest topic so far. We are going to be going through every single mono color, and we're going to be discussing what we think they are the best at, and we're going to be ranking all of them in a handy-dandy, internet-friendly tier list. So we're going to go through every single aspect that we consider pretty important uh, in every single deck, uh, from ramp to card draw to recursion to tutors, and we're going to be ranking every single monocolor from uh, D, which is the lowest ranking possible, all the way up to S, which is our highest ranking possible. Um, so today, joining me to do all this ranking and discussing what we think uh, the colors are good and bad at uh, is Richard, aka the Goldfish Father. How's it going, Richard? Doing well, Tomer. I'm excited to have White Dunk on all the colors today. It's finally. <laughs> this is this has been like the entire Clash. I, I made the Clash podcast for this. <laughs> yeah. Back then when we talked about it, Tomer. This was it. This was the moment we're waiting for. Secret rendezvous I, finally here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you you better have S ranking for card draw for white because of secret rendezvous <laughs> and recurring it. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. You better. We'll see. You better. We'll see. One right. card does not right. make a whole a whole color. No, One card does not make a whole all color. Right. All right. All right. Not a, not a believer, I see. <laughs> all right and then next joining me is seth probably better known as saffron olive better than known as seth i keep getting it the wrong way maybe maybe i don't know it works seth. either way <laughs> how's it going good good i'm glad to be here I'm, i think this is gonna be fun uh, this is a pretty interesting topic i think and maybe at the end we'll know mm-hmm. what the best mono color is or at least be able to argue about what the the best overall mono color is yeah this is gonna be an interesting thing to see how how we we tackle uh this topic we've played a lot of commander clash together um many many years six years uh, of commander clash together so we have definitely a pretty good idea of what we consider good and bad in each each respect um generally speaking we have krim uh joining us but uh, he couldn't make it today so it's just going to be the three of us which is going to be the smallest commander clash podcast of all time uh just the three of us hanging out uh, so we'll see if, if that changes the dynamic at all. I think there's going to be less Grixis representation here at the table, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see well, what we, we have can do. ranking. Although, so yeah, we can just but inject words rankings. into his mouth because he's not yes, here. Yes. Yes. We'll just give him the reasoning. <laughs> play, play, play more uh, removal. <laughs> Green sucks. Yeah. Here's my ranking. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> yeah. Billing. All right. We did it. <laughs> So uh, this is going to be a long topic. We're probably going to be cutting it up into uh, probably two podcasts, perhaps even three, depending on how long we're going to be talking about each one. We're going to go pretty deep on these. Um, But before we jump into the first category, which is going to be ramp, uh, one thing you can do to help this podcast grow is you can like and subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast. If it's on Spotify, if it's iTunes, um, if it's on YouTube, just hit whatever the like and subscribe equivalent is on there to help the channel grow. Another way you can support the channel is you can head on over to mtggoldfishmerch.com where you can purchase all the beautiful playmats that are stapled on Richard's wall. You can uh, purchase uh, deck boxes sleeves tokens uh even clothing apparel such as t-shirts and so much more at mtgoldfishmerch.com all right let's get into the rankings and we're going to start off with ramp which is one of the most critical things every single deck needs um you you have to do it somehow 
So ramp, uh, I think for us, we're going to be defining it and feel free to chime in on what you think, uh, is basically anything that can kind of accelerate your gameplay and accelerate casting your spells. So this is going to uh, include land ramp, like rampant growth effects, uh, mana dorks, a so tap for mana, mana discount cards, like Baral, Chief of Compliance, you know, makes instant sorceries cheaper by one. Um, and what do you guys think about rituals and treasures? Would we consider that as the ramp category as well? Yeah, close close enough. I mean, I think for me, like if it if it's adding extra mana, I'll accept it under ramp. I think there's there's a lot of different ways of doing it, and different colors do it in their own kind of special ways. But I don't know. You could probably quibble and like try to separate it out into a bunch of sub ramp categories. But uh, I don't know. I'm fine with lumping it all together and just calling all that stuff ramp. What personally, about gold tokens. <laughs> gold tokens. Gold what about the gold tokens? Treasure of Opulence deserves its own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're all yeah. mana accelerants, right? Some yeah. better than others, which I guess we'll talk about in our ratings. But yeah, ways yeah. to cast your spells ahead of curve. Yes. Yes. I think that's that's our, our definition of ramp that we're going to go for. Ways of casting ahead of curve. Um, so yeah. Let's talk about our ratings. Uh, Richard, take it away. What what do you have at the top and what what is at the bottom? All right. Uh, at S, we have Green, the king of land ramp and creature ramp. A, I have White, the only other color that does any form of land ramp whatsoever. Uh, it has Smothering Tide as well. And then far down the pack i put c at red and black uh they mostly have the ritual type things the treasure making the big burst stormy things and then d like blue like high tide baral like that's i don't i don't know what else you'd put in there uh so yeah that's my rankings oh mine Mine is kind of similar. I got green, obviously, at S tier, but then I don't have anything else until we get to B tier, because I think that green, honestly, like, I could put something in A tier, but I think green is so far ahead of everyone else in terms of how good it is at ramping. It deserves to, like, be on a pedestal all by itself in this category. So we got green as in B tier, I have white and black. Um... I will talk about this, but I like black a little more than Richard does, I think, ramp-wise. Red in the C tier, and then blue down at the bottom, I think, by far the weakest of the colors. If I could, like, have an F tier, I might put blue in it, because I think there's actually, like, (laughs) the gap between green and white and black, I think it's similar from red down to blue. Like, red, even though it's only one grade ahead, it's actually, like, significantly better than blue, or blue is, like, significantly worse than red when it comes to ramping. I generally agree with that, and you kind of com- you kind of convinced me a-, a little bit towards your end. I have it almost exactly as Richard. I have green at the top and t- top at S, and I would consider this like an S plus. Like the difference between green and the next best color is monumental. Uh, but then the next best color I would say is white uh, at A, and then I would have uh, B black, C uh, red, and finally D blue. So we've we've put our rankings. What do you guys What do you guys think? We're we're pretty close. This is this is one where there's not too much debate. But um, Seth, you said that you would consider white a little bit lower than I guess Richard and I. And why is that? And you put it beside black. So so I have white a little lower than you do, and I guess black a little higher than at least Richard does. So. 
My thing is, um, yes, white can ramp now better than it could in the past. It has Smothering Tithe, which is legitimately one of the best ramp spells in the format. But then after that, a lot of its ramp is uh, kind of catch-up ramp. The Cartographer's Hawk. And I've just seen these cards go wrong a lot of times on Commander Clash. There's times when they work out really well. But then there's also times when we see the Cartographer's Hawk just being like a one-two flyer that does like literally nothing because you're at the wrong seat at the table or someone else didn't ramp so no one's ahead of you or you didn't draw your bounce land. So I think that White's ramp is just a little inconsistent for my taste. And then Black... I think that black is a little bit underrated because of how easy it is to play Cabal Coffers and Urborg in essentially any black deck. And that's just such a powerful ramp effect. And now we have like Urza Saga to find Expedition Map to tutor it up. So it's even more consistent. The other thing that black does really well is I think it might be the best late game ramp color. Uh, it's not great at ramping on like turn one or turn two or, or turn three. I guess you have the mana rocks that every color has, but it's not uh, it's not ramping quickly in the early game. But in the late game, it has all of these swamp mana doublers. So black is the color where you can find yourself making 30, 40 mana a turn once you get a couple of these mana doublers stacked up in the late game. So even though it doesn't do super, it doesn't get off to that fast of a start ramp wise, once you get to the to the later turns, black can just overwhelm the table with a huge amount of mana. And then it has a payoff for the Tormenta Hailfires or Sanguinate to like close out the game once you make all this mana. So I see what you're saying, but I don't consider that ramp. Like ramp really? is supposed to accelerate your game. Like, your coffers was your endgame. Like, that's your combo finish, right? Like, you might as well just put, like, an infinite mana combo and call that ramp then, right? Like, you assembled a combo and then just spiked hmm. mana considerably at, like, turn six or seven. You know what I mean? Like, it's not helping you. Like, I guess the earliest you can do it is throw out a Crypt Ghast, like, ramp out a Crypt Ghast and untap with it and hope you're good to go. But in general, like, assembling the coffers and getting enough swamps to, like, actually make it work and have enough lands on the battlefield, that's, that's like, that's like a finisher, right? Like, that's like an infinite mana combo or something at this point. That's not helping you accelerate your game plan. So what's the cutoff then? Like, uh, think of, like, Mindstone, Hedron Archive, Dreamstone, Hedron working up the curve. Like, is Dreamstone, Hedron not ramped because it's six mana and it's just, like, too late to really accelerate your game plan like does it have to be in the early game to to count as ramp for you relatively, i think dreamstone hedron's a bit late but i think like uh hedron archive is like okay right like turn four but it's like if we if we were if we talking about burst about, like, mana, you just put way. red on top right because you would just go like dockside loop turn two done right <laughs> like that's like the most accelerate you can get but it's a one shot and it's a combo and it's also your finisher <laughs> But okay, here's my here's my argument. But if the idea is that our definition is accelerating into your game plan essentially, if your game plan's casting a huge torment of hailfire or a big exsanguinate, isn't black doing that in its own maybe slower way, but it's still like meeting that criteria, I think. It's still excelling your like you're getting your exsanguinate down faster than you would have before because you have those cards. So so I, I'm kind of in between Richard and Seth here, where I, I do consider late game ramp still ramp, like Cabal Coffers, Crypt Gas, Nirkana Revenant, Magus of the Coffers. There's a bunch. There's a bunch in black that's really good. And then outside of that, they also have um, Black Market, like uh, Death Effects. Black Market and Pillars Plunderer are two other ways of generating more mana when creatures die, and that can snowball. 
But I do feel like as the format kind of speeds up in general, that the late game ramp cards become less potent just because, you know, if we're shaving off to an average of two turns uh, from the speed of the format, if we're going from like a 12 turn uh, game to a 10 turn game, that's going to affect Black's mana ramp more than it would White, where White kind of, you know has Knight of the White Orchid and Loyal Companion and all these stuff that uh, enter the battlefield on like turn two and ramp you up one land. I think that's really good. Uh, that's why I kind of put white a little bit ahead of black these days, just because I do value early ramp over late game ramp, but I do like black ramp. And I, I think the other issue with white is, yeah, it's inconsistency, uh, where sometimes you just have an Iowa white orchid and it doesn't ramp you, and then it's a dead card. Um, and also the diminishing return on catch-up ramp, right? If you have too many of these effects, they're actually cannibalizing each other. Your first uh, loyal warhound is good, it's more likely to be good, but then you're, then if you have another catch-up ramp, like Cartographer's Hawk, it, that card gets worse because you have already lane ramped a little bit. And also, card dog versus hawk. I don't think we've ever seen ramp actually. I don't even count. I don't okay, even okay, count okay, as okay. ramp. I need to get this. Okay. <laughs> like the gap between green and white is not like yeah. insurmountable. Like green is clearly better, but mm. white is extremely good, right? Because you guys are forgetting Savine's reclamation, brought back cosmic intervention, like all these things that bring your fetches back, right? The ability to blink. Your Solemns, the ability to Sun Titan lands in, right? In addition to all your catch-up ramp. In addition to land tax making you hit every land drop, right? Because the worst thing you can do is ramp and then miss a land drop afterwards, hence, like, going nowhere, right? So, like, white, like, never has an issue with ramp, I don't think, right? Like, yes, once in a while things blow up in your face, but... You know, sometimes you have that dock side and no one has artifacts. Are you going to cut dock side? Like, no, right? Hey, like, hey. the upside is so strong, right? That like you, you take how, the blow up sometimes. I don't know about <clears throat> Sun Titan for a fetch land counting as ramp. It's a if six my drop, mana huh? doublers yeah. in black don't yeah. count as ramp, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, that but I do, know, sus. I do know what you're saying, though. Like, how many what times do I have Amaria that? online when we play? Don't you notice a shocking <sighs> amount of time Amaria's there? You're like, what the heck, right? It How did this work, happen? Uh, it takes so much work, though. Like, in everything else with the white. Like, it, it takes a lot of effort. Like, green, you're just like, oh, Kodama's reach, cultivate. Like, I got a million lands. When in white, it's like, I got to have bounce lands in my graveyard. I got to have fetch lands in my monocolor deck so then I can get it back. So, like... If you jump through but the hoops, getting coffers, like it can be expedition very map, Orberg, and enough swamps is not enough work. Like, come okay. on, yeah. it's a lot of work too. I think, I think the gap is pretty big. comparable. I think the gap between green, like green and white, it's not even close because, like, the thing, think about how, the different ways green can can ramp. It's not even just like, oh, I have rampant growth or whatever in every single deck. No, it's like. What's your flavor of green deck? You're going to have this repertoire of amazing, perfectly on-theme, synergistic ramp cards. Oh, you're an enchantress deck? Well, turn one, you can retoop your sprawl. You can wild growth. You can carpet of flowers. You can burgeoning. You can exploration. You're a landfall deck? Yeah, burgeoning, exploration. Those are great, too. Ooh, my Lotus Cobra is great, too. My Tyler's Provisioners, it, crazy good, too. Oh, I'm a, I'm a creature-heavy deck, or I'm an elf ball deck? Well, turn one mana dorks galore. You're just covered okay, okay, for okay, days right. green, on that. Green is way above, right? But here's the question. Yeah. You're playing, a, like, a different color. And you're not allowed access to green, right? And you have white. Would you play white ramp or would you go like mana rocks? 
That is the question. Like, is it good enough for you to play the white ramp, or would you just be like, forget it? I'm playing, you know, signets and whatever. Oh, right? my well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go coffers plan or something. I'm not gonna. If you're playing Orzov, do you bother with white ramp? I think one of the upsides of white ramp, which you did kind of hint at, is. It gets this flexible ramp that does other things. Like, even though we can quibble about Sun Titan, cards like Sun Titan's Divine's Reclamation, Blinking Things, like, those are cards that are relevant in other ways. Unlike something like a, a Rampant Growth is only always going to get you a land, Sun Titan can be getting back other things. Divine's Reclamation can be getting back other things. So I think that's the reason to play the white ramp is that flexibility. So I think I would play the white ramp. Like, I, I don't think I'm just going to drop all that stuff for the mana rocks. Like I would in like a blue deck, you're kind of just, that's all you really got is mana rocks or bust. So I think the white ramp is good enough that I would I would play that over just playing the mana rock package. If I'm in a two-color non-green deck, uh, I'm going to be running at least, like, three good catch-up land ramp cards. Like, Night of the White Orchid is one of the best ramp cards in the format, I think. It gets you a planes, but it can be even uh, dual planes. So you can get your, you know, if you're in Azorius, you can get your Hallowed Fountain. And it enters the battlefield untapped, too. It's essentially a three visits. though, And it's on a body. So it's a 2-2. Two, two. It can hold equipment and everything, and you can blink it for even more value. Yes, it's a little bit inconsistent. Like, sometimes you won't be able to uh, ramp out with it. But I think the upside is so good that it's definitely worth it. And there are a couple other cards that I consider also just so good that no matter what two-color deck I'm in, I'm going to be strongly considering adding it. So, we didn't even mention Smothering Tide. I think Smothering Tide is one of the greatest ramp cards in the format. And it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, if I'm in a green deck, I'm definitely still considering smothering tide i'm taking it out of my decks because i find it annoying but the new that's one not too, that's not annoying tier list it's a parallel tier list i what i gotta ask you guys about some of the worst colors because we mostly talked about the colors we have ranked highly yeah does blue need better ramp in commander like are we to the point where we need something for blue like we've gotten more white ketchup ramp red has gotten all this treasure stuff recently so it now has another pathway to rank uh to ramping blue's got basically nothing you got high tide i guess you can argue baral if you're a spell slinger but really it's it's only mana rocks that's your only real option does blue need more ramp here do we need more support we have a color pie. <laughs> yeah. Like, like white, so white and green of art, like, have been abused to heck, right? We don't need to give blue all these abilities to, like, there should be a reason to play colors, right? Like, mm -hmm. if I play blue, the trade-off is I get no ramp, right? Like, that, that should be a trade-off. Like, I don't want them adding ramp or, you know, like, they're going to add, like, treasures or something, right? They're going to try to start adding ramp that's effectively ramp, and then... Like, colors have zero meaning in magic, which I don't like. So I do not think they should get ramp. I, I'm on, on the same boat. Like, I wouldn't mind a little bit of ramp, but I wouldn't want, like, very good ramp. You know, I don't want blue to get a smothering type. But I'm okay with blue getting, like, something okay-ish. And blue does another have... Another Brawl. <laughs> yeah, another Brawl. Like, Brawls are fine, whatever. Um... <laughs> What are the best blue ramp sources high tide. In, in our tables? High Tide's very good. Yeah, High, high Tide's tide, amazing. Candelabra. <laughs> high Tide's also kind of similar to That's very black late game, yeah. Ramp yeah. Too. 
Yeah, it's very. It's a, you, it's you, can a get value, you can like turn to well, not me. Maybe turn three high tide and get some value out of it. Where you can't like really turn three black value. But yeah, you you well, want to do yeah, it late. Yeah, and you have dark ritual. That's like literally just a dark oh, yeah, ritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point. You have the rituals of black, but I meant uh, coffers. Yeah. But yeah, black yeah. has the what? the actual rituals before red took blue. What else? Blue has in blue? artifact tutors. Nothing. So artifact blue can tutors. blue can cast. Yeah, blue can cast trinket mage, which will fetch up your sol ring or your mana crypt. And it also has, like, Whir of Invention. Like, I could see, like, triple blue Whir of Invention, get your mana crypt is good. Uh, but that's not, like, a, so much blue. So it's blue just, like, has the, mana the cheating spells, like Aminati's yeah. Augury. I guess red has yes. this, too, right? Where you just cast something and then you get to, like, use, like, infinite mana, like Omniscience. <laughs> Right, omniscience like that's, that's but, is omniscience ramp <laughs> no it's your finisher right theoretically yeah. it's ramp but like it's really your finisher that you're building for same with amanatu's augury right it's really your finisher but like that's how they cheat on their mana to you know play the big spells right so there's also going to be one person in the comment section who's going to be typing dreamscape artist and i'm going i said this a decade ago and i'll keep saying it that Dream, dreamscape artist is trash Wait, what is I that? Like, it's so bad I like dreamscape artist you get what, what, to what just, okay you pay mana okay, discard art. a card sack a land in harrow essentially uh yeah, on a two mana on blue creature yeah yeah it's okay it's a two mana blue creature not bad doesn't have haste or anything doesn't it has summoning sickness then you have to pay three mana, discard a card, and Hera. You get two. You get to search two basics, and you have to you have to sacrifice a land. So you're up one, one, one basic land. But, but you had to discard uh, a card. So you're making you even card, card advantage wise. Yeah, no, this doesn't count. <laughs> no, this is a two for one for yourself. It's a Hera that you had to spend an extra card for. Well, yeah. it's like a two for two, right? Because you get two lands, and you like spend a land in a card. So you're kind of that's like that's like saying Hera is a two for one. You're essentially you turning like. Land. Is that well? Yeah. yeah okay. It, I mean, it, it, you're playing a land so from bad. hand essentially, right? It's it's costing you a card in hand to basically. It's you're turning shaper, so it, yeah. No, yeah they, it they have like dorts that tap that can pay for instance and sorceries. I think there's yeah, an yeah, artifact there, there one some, too. There are some yeah. blue mana dorks, but there's like court like something curious homunculus taps for for yeah. instant sorcery mana. There's there's a couple. There's like also Ethereum sculptor makes your uh, artifacts cost one less, but like all of them are pretty narrow i would say they're narrow and they're not like astounding i think high tide's probably the best out of the best but you have to be super committed you have to be like your lane base has to be like really heavy on islands and we don't have an herb work for blue yet right so you need to be mono blue for for high tide to be Look, no one's saying great. i'm adding blue to my deck because i need ramp okay yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, no one is thinking of blue when they're doing this i i okay, what about red uh, sorry go ahead. really quick i just want to play devil's advocate even though i agree with you about not uh, having the color pie matter i do wonder if part of the reason we see so many simic decks is because blue doesn't have ramp so it's very easy to be like oh i want to play these blue cards but i need ramp so people just like play all the green simic cards and then you end up with ton- like i think simic is the most color i would say the most popular color combination two color combination in commander so you end up with all these simic decks that eventually kind of look the same and get unfun to play against because they're all just like doing the same thing right being to play blue spells and drawing a ton of cards so i do wonder if blue had better ramp if maybe we'd see slightly less simic going around not that i'm advocating for breaking the color pie but that would be my devil's advocate argument for giving blue at least a little bit more ramp so it doesn't have to reach into green to feel like it can keep up with other colors i'm gonna play the crimson card here blue needs help okay (laughs) i I think if you actually look at these rankings they're actually low in a lot of categories but i don't know if breaking color pie 
is it, right? Because if you give it all of its shortcomings, then it suddenly just becomes the best color, right? So that's the problem, right? Like it has clear strengths and weaknesses. And then if you start filling them in, now you don't have to play green. You can just play anything you want now, right? Blue with whatever color you want because you don't need to force green in for ramp. So I don't... Mm. I don't like that necessarily, but who knows? It's Watsy. We're definitely getting blue ramp. It's coming. <laughs> I'm 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 okay uh shortening the gap between the best and the worst. Like like yeah, white like we double we talked catch about up. how white you have to be two lands behind. <laughs> no. <laughs> how how but do you like, make it worse? So so I know I know we don't all love treasures, however, <laughs> I, I think blue <laughs> is the primary color for artifacts. I think it's cool. If they got to make a little bit of treasure, but not like the not the crazy cards. Like I don't want I don't want blue to get a smothering tithe because I think that's too much. But I think there's some middle ground between a smothering tithe and like something that's acceptable in blue that still wouldn't be as good as it would be impossible to make blue as good as green in terms of ramping. That's that's just not possible. We have like too many years of magic green green getting good good ramp uh to ever make make up that that difference, but I don't know, like something that can like make treasures in a normal amount, maybe capped at like three treasures okay, per I, I know cycle or something. It. Land stealing. Two mana, <laughs> gain control of target basic land. <laughs> they already have Annex. Uh, it's, it's actually like five five mana, though, They have Thieving Skydiver as well to steal mana rocks. So like maybe you just four. steal lands off other people. Well, well there's also like Archmatrix's Charm. Yes. I like that card yeah. a lot. Oh, Thieving Skydiver is also yeah. kind of like it's basically. Blue's really good at stealing other people's Sol Rings. Like, yeah. that's that's what Blue's really good at. Like, Thieving Skydiver's legit. Three mana, have a body, and you steal a Sol Ring. Uh, three mana, Archmage of Ascension is either draw two cards, counterspell, or steal a Sol Ring, essentially. It's steal a artifact, mana value one or less. I think it's actually so, any permanent mana value one or less. Uh, Non-land permanent. Oh, so, wow. you can steal so a mana dork, too. So. Birds of Paradise or something. Uh, as far as yeah. red, you asked about red. Red is, like, the weirdest ramp color for me. Like, it's really powerful, but it's also really temporary. I think Dockside kind of breaks this mold a little bit in Treasures because you can store them up. Although it does kind of feel red, but traditionally red is, like, the ritual color. So red is really, really the best at making a huge burst of mana on one turn with a Mana Geyser or a Seething Song or a Jessica's Will, where all of a sudden you just, like, jump super far ahead, but you got to be able to take advantage of that mana in one turn. I think... Actually, that's a pretty red way to ramp, and I like that. It's unique among the colors. It's very impulsive and kind of fits red's color pie. I think the problem with treasures is it kind of breaks that because you can store them up. Like, that's kind of the problem. Dockside looks like a ritual, but it's a ritual that lets you keep the mana. Could you imagine if Mana Geyser, like, the mana didn't empty from your mana pool at the end of turn of phases or something? Like, that's essentially what Dockside does for two mana. So I like the ritual ramp, but it is again kind of like uh, very niche like for storm decks it's a late game plan where you're setting up your finisher with a mana geyser to storm off or to win the game with one big spell Uh, not very consistent though in the way that something like green is where on turn two i get an extra land on turn three i get an extra land and you slowly build up those resources Yeah, I mean, for me, when I'm building, like, a mono-red deck, uh, I'm almost exclusively playing mana rocks, like, colorless options to yep. ramp. The the things that off off the top of my head, like, if, if I played a lot of Dockside, Dockside would be number one on the list, obviously. I would skew uh, red's contribution in terms of ramp in this category a lot. But then beyond that, like, yeah, mana guys is pretty good. It's mid-game, mid, mid to late game-ish, you know? Like, that's when it really 
shines the most. Another card that I like a lot in red is like Runaway Steamkin, which whenever you cast a red spell, you, you give a counter on it, and then you can remove three and make three mana. That's kind of good. What about and your like treasure thing? What about yeah, your treasure? Your treasure oh, thing. Yes. Oh, yes. The greatest red ramp oh, of all. It right. an opponent while you're ramping. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so Stormkill Nardis is actually probably the second best red card, I would say, for ramp. Um, it's only, it's limited to spell slinger. Like if you're not heavy on instant sorcery, it doesn't do much, but it makes an instant sorcery whenever you cast or copy a, uh, it makes a treasure token whenever you cast or copy an instant sorcery spell and it grows its power based on the number of artifacts you control. So I actually have just died to combat damage just from killing artists. It's, it's happened to me before, but the amount of mana it generates in a spell slinger deck is is bananas. It's probably the best ramp card in a spell slinger deck. Also, like Burgi, yeah, I mean, Burgi if, if does something similar. I would put yeah. red above black. Like red makes a ton. Like outside of Dockside, red makes a ton of treasures and is extremely good at making treasures. Uh, so I would actually throw it above black. It's like very consistent. Ooh. Like between Curse of Opulence, like Magda, uh, oh, Curse of Face Breaker, or whatever. The, the new Capenda cards, like the dragons. Like there's so much. Yeah. Naheb, you know, the, the damage, making mana things, right? Ma- mana guys yeah. or stuff like that. So if you count the burst, and if you ever play Storm, right? You have to play red. Yeah. Right? Because you have to cast all your rituals into recur all your rituals to get the big burst of mana. Uh, so I would probably move it above black if we want to count those. Um, the problem I have with these cards is they're very specific. Like if you play Storm, great. But if you're trying to play a fair deck, like what are you going to do with these rituals? Like they're like horrendous in your deck, right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like all in on Storm or nothing, right? So mm. that's the problem with the red ramp. Yeah, I feel like red might be like one of the most improved colors over the last couple of years just because it's gotten so many strong treasure cards. And that's really change the equation of how red ramps like uh, from having just the rituals and the mana rocks actually uh having this whole other avenue for ramping also red's another really good artifact color as far as uh, finding artifacts reanimating artifacts synergizing with artifacts so similar to what we were talking about with blue maybe it gets like every color can use mana rocks but i think red can use mana rocks alongside blue better than most colors so it gets a little bump there yeah, I think treasures are most powerful in those two colors because those are the primary artifact colors. So, I, I do like I like treasures for for that. But yeah, I, I don't I don't want more dock sides. But I do think yeah, if you're counting treasures and you're counting rituals, red's pretty decent. But yeah, it is still a little bit more narrow than you know our top two contenders, I guess. Especially green. <laughs> green is just so so what? much ahead. The other thing, just speaking of green being so far ahead, like. There's just so much of it. If you look at, like, these other colors, like, red, if you take away Dockside, its whole ranking would get a lot worse because that card's so strong. Or white, if you took away Smothering Tithe, I think that the whole color ranking would get a lot worse because that card is so powerful. If you took away the 10 best green ramp cards, it would still be the best ramp color by, like, a pretty big margin because it's just, like, so far ahead there. Yeah. It's funny because we were talking how, like, well, like, black has late game ramp, but, like, when you compare that to green even, like, you know, green has the mana reflection, green has the Zenicar, so it can do the same mana doubling as the other colors, but just better. 
Yeah. And, yeah. But it also gets I guess mana it, and it also gets rampant growth. And it also, yeah, yeah like, other than lacking the, yeah. the burst like, ritual mana, like, it just does it, does yeah. it all. Also worth yeah. mentioning, I think Crim's, we have Crim's ratings, even though he's not here. Uh, he uh, rated it exactly the same as Tomer did, actually. Uh, green it as, white it A, black it uh, B, red it C, and then blue down at the bottom at D. So actually exactly the same as, uh, as Tomer and very similar to the rest of us. All right. I guess that covers ramp. That was category number one. And then we're going to move on to another thing that you know, every single every single deck needs, regardless of what your goal is. And that's going to be card draw. Um, so this is going to be a little bit harder to define because there's going to be a lot of nuance in this discussion. Uh, but I think personally that card draw, if I would define it, or card advantage, if you will, I'm basically looking for cards that net uh, more than one card in hand. You know, like you spend a card to generate at least two or more cards into your hand or like value in some sort like netting netting multiple cards for the the cost of one what do you guys think about that i would basically agree with that things that take one card and turn it into more than one card is kind of the the basis of card advantage so i think i can get behind that definition i'll throw some asterisks in there (laughs) yeah because because i like Basically, Hardest. everything in Magic generates card advantage, so it becomes very hard to um, list that. So for me, I put card draws like things that literally put more additional cards in hand, and not like you know effective cards like you know doubling right. triggers or something like that, right? But we can talk yeah, about like that. a two for one removal spell isn't card draw. I mean, that, uh... but that's card advantage, right? It's card advantage, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're focusing on card draw, so things that net two or more cards into your hand, uh, and we're going to talk about like. There's going to be, we're going to be talking about other aspects, like recursion, for example, is going to be coming up. We'll talk about cards that can net more, multiple cards uh, from the graveyard onto the battlefield, for example. Uh, But we're going to be focusing specifically on cards that net multiple cards, two or more cards into your hands. So that's, that's our card draw. Um, Richard, what, what, what are your ratings for these? All right. I have at S tier, we have blue at A, green and black at B, white. And then at D, at the bottom, No Man's Land, we got red. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is hot. That is spicy. I like it. My my ranking. We'll get to it after Seth and you guys uh, (laughs) go over your ratings. (laughs) Mine mine start looking like Richard's. I got blue at S tier. I actually have green and black at A tier. I got nothing at B tier. And then both white and red in C tier. And then nothing at D tier. So that's, uh, that's how I broke it down. Okay. Um, so for me, I have at S blue, at A, I have uh, green, at B, I have black, at C, I have red, and then finally at D, I have white. <laughs> Whew, and then we, we also have Crim's yeah, colors. We got Crim. So Crim has green at <laughs> S tier, and then blue, black at A tier, red at B tier, and white at C tier. Mm hmm. So really you, guys, you, you three there. basically kind of agree uh flipping so crim puts green ahead which i think i know why he's doing that and then you guys are pretty much <laughs> the same on the bottom pack as well yeah so we're, we're 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 not too far off from each other let's be honest like it's not like a complete reversal but we do have like we do disagree on like one or two colors right like that's that's where we're really at 
how can you have read so low, Richard? How can you possibly have read the D tier and have a huge gap between the Rex next? doesn't draw cards. It impulse draws, right? And I impulse draw impulse is great draw. when you storm off, and then that's it. So if you play storm, this is great. But if you don't storm, like, do you want to play with your hand open and everyone sees your cards and you're stolen goods and, like, you're stealing from other people's decks? Like, this doesn't further your game plan. It's... That's like you, you can't wheel of fortune in here. Like that's like uh, only thing that literally draws cards in red, right? I don't even like wheel of fortune. I don't. I don't like. It I do. I, I think I like red is like severely lacking in card draw. Like so you fun. cannot store up cards to execute a game plan. You kind of need to just storm off and you know like burst it all out and win right there. Oh, uh, I gotta. I gotta disagree. I gotta disagree. What's yes, the good red card draw. What's the good red, card draw? The impulse draw. Red draws with impulse draw. But red is good at drawing with impulse draw. And I think going back to like the color pie thing, I think it's a very red way to draw. I don't know if we want red to be storing up cards like a blue control deck. I think it's very flavorful that red has a lot of ways to access extra cards, but only get to use them for that one turn typically, or sometimes until the end of your next turn. So it comes with this time frame. But I think the cards that do that are actually pretty good and rapidly improving. Red has a lot of like one mana draw twos, two mana draw twos now which is pretty above the curve if you're willing to deal with the the timing restriction essentially if you're okay with dealing with the the limited amount of time then it's i think actually a pretty strong card draw color and then you also have all the wheels on top of that which i like wheels more than most people but there's a lot of ways if you're playing aggressive you can empty your hand and kind of turn that into card advantage i know if everyone has seven cards in hand whatever it's not great but if you can dump your hand quickly and then use it to refill it is putting more cards into your hand with one card which is kind of our definition of card advantage and fire yeah, a gambit. Like, I, you only got yeah. You I, only got to win what nine coin flips or something, and then you got them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got a crocs thumb, or you don't even need it. Didn't somebody win without crocs on one time? I, I think feel Krim, like, like or maybe it was Phil. Yeah, <laughs> I think the card. Yeah, card adventures in red is is not like anything crazy, but it's very solid. Like uh, I I remember I gave Seth. I had I had a Bell Borker deck for a while, and I gave Seth. Uh, the chance to to run it for for that commander clash episode he was drawing a ton of cards like there was just a ton of impulse draw and it it got like this tectonic giant at four whenever it attacks or is targeted you get to you know impulse draw two there's like magmatic channeler at two there's all this different chandras that impulse draw as well there's instant speed uh draw like like channel magma or something like that where you can it's a big expel it's like their version of stroke of genius um there's a lot of different ones and then yes there are also the wheel effects like magus of the wheel and stuff uh that is, is pretty good it's so it's bad like that it, it goes negative and you know why it goes negative wow. because you impulse draw and then you get a card off the top and like i must spend it i must use this removal spell on something <laughs> because i just drew it and then you waste mana removing something you didn't need to remove <laughs> right because you have to play like- the card this <laughs> turn but and there's a lot of ones. It's, it's going like, negative for you. <laughs> but there's also a lot of impulse draw these days that also are until your next turn's end step. Like uh, light up the stage and reckless impulse was the latest one. I think it came out in Crimson Vow. Those ones are you can cast it on your turn and then you can cast it uh, on your next turn as well. And then after that turn, uh, then they go away. Mm-hmm. So, so would, that's would like you, you get play two turns. red card draw if you were playing with any other color? Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, 
it's better like than white. white. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> like on par with white. <laughs> Look, what remember, so remember, okay, remember when I was drawing so many cards with so the, the Helia deck and everybody was like, oh my God, tell me you're drawing so many cards. I, even with that, I've done, I've drawn a lot of cards with white. In my day, uh, I still put it at lowest, even below red. I can't I still believe think you play so much white. You draw so much cards. You have such a high win percentage with white, and you're like, white can't draw cards. <laughs> no, white can draw cards. White is, is good at drawing cards. I'll say white is good at drawing cards, but, but it's still a... the worst. D is not I'm... so To me, B is like okay. playable and happy. Like C and D are like, get this out of here. Like, I don't, I don't all really want right, right. this. You right? know what? I'll put, like... I'll put... No, because I, I think black is better than red in in card draw so i don't want to lump them in the same thing I, I, d doesn't mean it's bad d just I mean, means it's the worst for me it's gotta be like super narrow or something like in desperate times you played it and it's like playable right but so, if you're right, happy so, to put your deck i wouldn't call it a d <laughs> so so here's the thing with white card draw for me white card draw requires very specific hoops to jump through in order to draw cards to efficiently that's the, that's a key word efficiently like I, I consider Dawn of Hope, which is the life gain card draw, as garbage, like D tier. Because every single time you draw a card, every single time you gain life, you have to gain life first. Then, when you gain life, you can draw a singular card for two mana, which is just too high of a rate that I ever really want to ever pay for. Yeah, but no, I think no White's one plays best that card, card draw. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, White's best vampire, card draw. Mentor of the yeah. week. Welcoming Vampire right. is good, but Welcoming Vampire, odds are is just going to be a Phyrexian Arena. It's going to draw you a singular card every single turn cycle. I like that you don't have to pay mana for it. I like that it's on a three-mana creature. But at the end of the day, it's just drawing you a singular card for jumping through a, a minor hoop. Mentor of the Meek, same thing. Minor hoop, you still have to jump through that hoop. You have to be in a specific type of white deck, and you still have to pay mana for it. Again, like, th- that's fine, but, like, compared to what other colors get to do in terms of card draw... It's just so far behind. It's good. I like it. I will run it and I'll be happy about it. That's why white is B for me and then green and black is above it and then blue is above that, right? But I would like be very happy to play white uh, white card draw and it's they have enough key cards that I would play mixed with the other colors as well, right? Like a single card, like maybe Secret Rondo. So much higher than red? Because red is storm, right? Red is like storm. You have to impulse and go off right there, right? And there's no game plan. Everything is exposed. Like, it's not what you really want, right? I can see how red does not... Red card draw doesn't seem to fit Richard's play style. Richard wants to have, like, the cards in hand and lay back and not draw attention. And red, the impulse draw is going to force you to be doing things and making moves that maybe you don't want to be making right now. So I can see why Richard ranks it so low. Although for me, like, I don't know. I think they're very comparable. When you consider the hoops that white has to jump through to draw cards, I don't think that's much different than red having a timing restriction on drawing cards. Red draws cards easily, but you got to use them right away. Like you you just have cards that are just, Hey, draw an extra card every turn, draw an extra card every turn. White, you got to jump through some hoops or be like an artifact deck or an enchantment deck or some specific archetype. Um, But you get to hold them in your hand. So for me, those kind of end up equaling out to be at the same tier, I think. I don't know. Maybe I should bump it up to to B tier. I I, I could uh, whatever. I think they're at the bottom together in <laughs> one way or yeah. another. But okay, I, I got an interesting I, one for you. I'm gonna put on my crim hat. Is green yeah. better than blue at card draw? So if we're talking about no. burst card draw at efficiency, green is king, right? Because green has like 
the the Toski effects where you go wide and draw a ton of cards, and it has the uh, really efficient tall effects. Draw cards based on creatures' power, and you know everything in green has like a billion power. Is it actually better than blue at drawing cards? Like we just played a game. You saw me like draw my whole deck or something with green. Very yeah, you didn't do it with black or red cards. You did it all with green. Yeah, you were all like, with green, sacrifice, right? draw 18 cards. Exactly. So is it actually better than blue? I don't, I don't think so. Like green is certainly powerful, but blue also has Toski effects. So I think, yeah, Toski is probably the best of those effects, but I you can kind yeah. of consider yeah, that the, a wash. Blue doesn't want to play creatures usually. <laughs> green does, right? And then well, so, blue also yeah. burst draws, but you don't have to have a creature. Like, there's more risk yeah. in setup required no with risk. the green draw. Yeah. Uh, when blue, you can just blue sun zenith or even the odds or whatever big spell and draw a whole bunch of cards. So I think that yeah. blue still ranks a little bit ahead, but green's definitely jumped up the rankings. Green, green has to jump through a very small hoop and then gets rewarded immensely. Like, we saw that with the Richard game. Like, there's so many cards that are just like draw 15 for minimal effort like if you go wide you got tosca you got shamanic revelation uh you got camaraderie uh you got a bunch of stuff you got and then incremental incremental draw you got guardian project you got beast whisperer all you have to do is you have to cast creatures and lots of them and green is all about that um no matter what type of creature deck you are green is going to reward you by refilling your hand and then some by spending like four mana and it's very easy to do there might be some decks that aren't creature heavy in green where the green card draw is now no longer that good, but it, it's minimal, but it's there. Whereas blue, like I don't need to have a board state. I don't need to do anything. And I'm going to str- draw a billion cards off risk study. I'm going to draw a billion cards off like recurring insight. You know, like as long as you have cards in your hand, like five or more, I'm going to draw five and then I'm going to rebound it and draw five again for six mana. And there's a lot of just different options like that. where like, there's no hoops. You just draw a lot of cards very efficiently. And then if you are in a very specific archetype, red, blue will always have something to help you along the way. Your go wide, here's your Coast of Piracy effect. Your uh, Spell Slinger, oh, well, here's your Archmage Emeritus. You know, like there, there's there's something for, for every blue deck. And there's also for generic decks as well. Plus, blue is I, I think I agree study. with you guys, but they're pretty close. I, I think they're actually kind of close, though. I, I see where Krim is going with this. He's not completely insane with this i will note that green has unconditional card draw right it has harmonize it has sylvan library yep. yeah. uh, it has like the virtual cards like kodama's reach is actually card draw right you realize you drew a card into hand right so it actually does have like additional like non creature based card draw but yeah like blue like has card draw everything like if you get some bulk common somewhere it, they draw cards right so, yeah like, yeah that's the thing yeah. blue can draw cards no matter what your budget is as well it requires no setup but and, and green is any, getting any there. flavor too do you want to be draw go well blue's got you covered you know like do you want to be whatever blue's got you covered you want to be generic then blue's got you covered but green is like you gotta be creatures but like every single deck is a creature deck so it's like oh well good job good job for meeting that requirement here's 15 cards for four mana it's like okay fine sure <laughs> Should black be in this conversation, too, if we're debating these cards at the top of our rankings? Like, black, you get 
consistent card draw like Phyrexian Arena, giving you cards each turn. You get burst card draw like Necropotence or other like X draw spells. Uh, you have the cheap like Sign and Blood effects, Painful True style effects that can just refill your hand early. So it does have a wide variety. Most of it comes attached with losing life. Uh, but if you just look at efficiency, Black's got draw three for three, draw five for five, and Promise of Power, along with things that scale throughout the game and can give you huge burst of card advantage at once. Why isn't this also in our conversation for what should be at the top of our our rankings here? Like, what's what's wrong with black? Are we underrating it? I think green is bad. I think black is just like bad blue in this respect. It doesn't have like <laughs> nah. the top end burst, right? Nah. So it has the efficient uh, low end card draw, uh, but so does blue, right? And so does green. But it doesn't have like that massive like I spend five mana draw a billion cards. Um, but it yeah, it's close. It's like kind of up there, but I, I would say green and blue are ahead of it. And you know, I think, to, you have to pay life, which is actually something, yes. right? Like, you yeah, know, you're dying as you do it because you're wasting time drawing cards, right? If you're drawing yes. cards, you're not deploying a board, so it doesn't help that you're going down in life total while you're doing this, right? So that has a cost. That, that's why that's why I rank it lower than than blue and green is because blue. I, I feel like black uh, does. Similar to to blue, it can draw a bunch of cards. Like Necropotence is one of the best draw spells in the format. You can just pay three mana, draw as much as you want. Uh, but the life loss does limit you a bit and does make it so that it is a little bit uh, more risky. Because if you do draw 15 cards off Necropotence, now you're 15 life lower and your opponents are all going to be like, all right, let's see, do we have enough damage together to just kill them on their turn? Uh, on this turn cycle. Uh, so that can backfire a lot. I think Black's also really good at drawing cards when it's involving sacrifice. Like yep. you have, um, not Paleos Pondery, but you have like Grim Horror Specs. You have a lot of creatures that essentially like a Smothering Abomination. You have a lot of creatures that say like when a creature you control dies or when a creature dies, uh, draw a singular card. And I think those are really, really good. And they usually don't have loss of life attached to it because you have to jump through a hoop to get them um but it's just a green draws 15 and you're off a single creature and you're drawing one off each creature that dies and i think it's good it is really good and and you have generic options like siphon mine and necropotence and whatnot it's just that blue's better at the generic stuff and green's better at the specific and being like kind of meh have both is it's good but it's not as good as those two i think in my opinion the the creature cards kind of remind me of like reverse white cards almost white gets to like draw when creatures come into play black gets to draw when they leave play and i think those cards are are pretty strong but you're probably right it does it does rank a bit behind in the life if you're guessing a lot of these spells it does add up like you might not realize it every game but that one you're taking from a phyrexian arena eventually after eight turns all of a sudden that's eight life and that might be the difference between you surviving that attack on turn eight and you know dying or whatever on turn 10 or so yeah it, it is a it is a drawback but usually you can have a, a hand uh, of cards in black like it's not it's not too hard to keep your hand full unlike some of the other yeah. colors that are a little riskier. Painful truth is still the truth, I think. So <laughs> you don't want to lose life. Uh, I have a card for you. It's in white. <laughs> it yeah. Does the same thing. <laughs> no, oh, I'm surprised. Never. Yeah. never. I'm surprised Richard didn't have white ranked higher just because of secret rendezvous. <laughs> it's a really good card, but like I, I, I put B as like 
like good, right? Like I'm happy to play it. Like clearly the other three colors are above it, but I don't think it's unplayable. Like people are saying, like, I don't know about Tomer and his D here for a white card draw. Like that <sighs> seems far stretched. Like, you know, blue it's ramp is D. Is white ones. card draw D? Like, I don't know about that, no. right? That okay, seems a little okay, weird. So, so I, I don't know how to rank it then because I, I consider it the worst of the colors, but I don't consider it you know, bad. I think it's good. And it's it's right where it should be. That's why we but, allow multiple rankings in the same tier. But I don't think it's as good as the other ones. <laughs> like, I like to show the I gap think... between the colors. It's all relative. It's it's, it's D relatively speaking. That's that's how I see it. Are I we... still play it. I still like it. Okay, okay. One, one other thing for red, though. What do you think about, like... We, we talked about uh, impulse draw, but what about, like, looting effects? especially in 2022 when we have stuff like Bag of Holding and we had that new construct from Kamigawa that lets you play the card impulsively if you discard a card. Dude, those, does, does that open up new card draw avenues for red that you think is good? So looting and rummaging is not is not card advantage based by our definition. You're ending up with the same amount of cards or down cards. So I think in general we shouldn't count them as card draw, although... There are combos with them that can turn them into card draw. If you're, you know, discarding something, discarding a squee that's going to come back to your hand, you're, like, kind of generating card advantage. But for the sake of simplicity, I just, uh, I think of them as their own thing and don't think of them in the card advantage category, at least in most decks. There's some specific decks that break that mold, but not most decks. Most people play those cards wrong, actually. So they they get it from 1v1 where... Your curve stops at like four, so you have all these excess lands. You pitch the lands, draw new cards. That's like great, right? So people play Faithless Looting all over the place. But in Commander, you want to hit all of your land drops. You don't want to miss a land drop because, uh, you know, your spells are generally more expensive, and that's just recasting your Commander. So unless you're actually like land taxing or something and then pitching those with Faithless Looting, I feel like, you know, it's just card selection. And most of the time, you don't want it. Like, you just play the tutor. Right, like this doesn't really help you, and it's not card advantage per se. Like there, there are no dead cards really in Commander. Like you will need your lands eventually. Right, but what about? Well, I, I think Faith is looting is usually really good for, for like setting up reanimation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you, you're, you're, you're not using anime. it for the card draw. Yeah. You're using it for the fill your graveyard part of it, right? But what if you pair it with something that turns it into card draw, like Containment Construct? Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play that card this turn. I think there's like three. There's Bag of Holding. There's one from Strixhaven yeah. that does the same thing. There's Containment Construct. Get two card combo to draw so, cards, though. Uh, like, <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about Spirited Companion and Blink Effects for card draw. It, it cycles so itself. Fair. By itself right? <laughs> I mean, ugh. Yeah, that, that is generating card advantage, but I feel like that's not something that's of a power level you can just play in every deck. Like, if you're playing some sort of madness wow. deck or something on theme, but I don't yeah. think those cards are to the point where it's like, every red deck, I'm going to play Containment draw? Construct and Faithless Looting, and that's going to be my my way to generate card advantage. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm i not at that point yet, at least. <laughs> you know, like, there's, like, Goblin Card Draw or something, like, great, right? But, like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, specific, yeah. like, I would not count it. Like, yes, you can combo together and build a nice synergistic deck, but, like... Would you just randomly throw it in a deck that has red in it? I feel like I feel like give it give it like two more years and this would be like Faithless Looting will be considered like a card draw staple because of just all the these effects. Definitely possible. Maybe a couple more. Maybe that and maybe I mean, that's how Wizards gets the red card draw, right? Like looting yeah. with something that 
like reduces the downside of looting. And faithless looting is great. It's just not technically generating card advantage, yeah. but it, it serves a yeah, ton it's... of purposes in a lot of different decks. Yeah, it's card disadvantage by itself. Okay, all right. So we covered ramp. We car- covered card draw. Now let's talk about recursion. So basically, recursion we're going to define as anything that lets you access cards in your graveyard or a graveyard, I guess. Let's uh, so like uh, effects like regrowth uh, abilities that can like return a card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, abilities that can return cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, stuff that can recur itself, like flashback or self-recurring creatures. Uh, reanimation, like stuff that will just like put a, a creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. Um, what do we all think about that, Richard? All right. At S, I have black and green. At A, I have white and red. And then going all the way down to D, I have blue. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wowee. <laughs> I don't know. Are there cards I'm missing? I don't know. Okay, you guys can fill me in on this. No respect <laughs> for the Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> Okay, this one. I Snapcaster it is. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one was tricky at the top. I have just black at S tier, and then I have green okay. and white in A tier, and then I have red okay. in B tier, and then all the way down at D. I also have blue hanging uh, out all by itself, Richard style. I'm gonna make a little change. I think you, you kind of convinced me on something, but not everything. My Tomer's making his change. Uh, Krim has uh, black at S tier, green at A tier, white at B tier, and blue and R at uh, blue and red at C tier. <laughs> All right. So for me, I made a little change on the bottom ones, but the top ones remain the same. S uh, black, A is green, B is white. And then I I had it before C was is blue and D was red, but I swapped it. Now C is going to be red and D is going to be uh, blue. We're kind of close. We just kind of like smooshed some of our rankings together a little bit, right? But the I, general general vibe is similar. Yeah. So for me, I I really struggled with whether I should put green up with uh, black in S tier because I love my Eternal Witnesses and Go it's me. one of the only colors that is that <laughs> is able to just mean. like get any card back from the graveyard really efficiently. I also initially had red ranked really low, but then I thought more about it and I remembered that even though red doesn't have a lot of recursion, it does have a few just like incredibly strong recursion pieces like Underworld Breach. So basically Underworld yeah. Breach and like Past <laughs> in Flames by uh, itself caused me to like bump up the rating a little bit when initially I had it. I thought, okay, red and blue, they're bad because all they can really do is get back a spell. And even then it's not always all that efficient. Get back an instant or sorcery. But then I remembered that red actually had those like couple of really <laughs> busted cards that, uh, that <laughs> probably should bust red it, for you. bump it up. Underworld Breach. Past in Flames, Mizix's Mastery. That's the one. Right? Like, those three, like, like red is just the storm color. Like, everything comes back to, like, these storm cards. They're, like, they're really good. And you can actually make use of them in non-storm decks, at least Underworld Breach, right? So, I think red deserves to be higher than, like, C or D. But it does fit just one archetype, Storm. So, I do agree with you there. I actually put green as the highest. So... Black clearly is good at reanimating creatures, uh, but I think that's an archetype, right? Green is good at 
reanimating your win con, right? So whatever it is you're trying to do in your deck, right? If it gets removed, you can regrowth it, you can skull winder it, you can eternal witness it, uh, you can seasons pass, like all these cards, you can get back anything you need to, you know, redeploy your win con. So I put that higher than like just, you know, entomb, reanimate something, right? Like, yes, that's strong, but that's like one deck. So I put green high because of that reason. I agree with you, although it is worth mentioning, uh, Black does have Yogwill, which kind of yep. does the Passing Flame, get back everything, so not a ton of cards that do that, but there are technically black cards that can do what the green and red cards do, plus it's just so efficient at reanimating creatures compared to every other color, like, no other color is Entomb, reanimate, get a huge thing on turn two, and doing those crazy shenanigans, plus there's a lot of just, like, grindy, slow, get a creature back to my hand type stuff, so even though it is a little bit limited to creatures, it's just so good at recurring creatures that I haven't ranked really highly, although I do agree, like, Eternal Witness, Regrowth, those style effects there are staples. I want those in every single deck that are in their colors because just exactly like you said, being able to get back a win con or something that's dealt with or ends up getting milled is super, super important in Commander. I'm much the same. I, I, I value Black so highly just because Black's uh, recursion often just puts it directly onto the battlefield and it kind of counts as like almost like you're ramping out creatures, right? Because you have like animate that, you have reanimate. You're not just returning it to hand and then recasting it for its mana cost. You're actually cheating on its mana. And Black has so many ways of doing that. And if you do want to return it back to your hand, Black does have stuff like that too uh, with Rex and Reclamation. Um, Black also has really good reanimation finishers like Rise from the Dark Realms where you can get all the, the creatures from everybody's graveyard back. Uh, Anime Dead's also flexible where you can get other people's uh, creatures from their graveyards uh, for two mana. Same with Necromancy and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just the fact that it's like it's not only uh, recursion, but it also is recursion plus like a mana discount. It's like an accelerant in, in that regard. So I really like Black for that. Green, obviously is so flexible and green also has a way of like cheating uh stuff onto the battlefield too but it's mostly just lands i think like splendor reclamation they have a couple of those effects where it's, it says like return all lands from your graveyard to the battlefield and those effects are really strong especially if you're like self-milling yourself or you just have a lot of fetch lands you can just go like whoops all that stuff is now back on the battlefield and it's essentially a ramp um so that's really good and then i think like white Obviously, it has Sun Titan and has Seven's Reclamation, and it has I don't know. Those I, are just really good cards, I guess. So those are those are up there. Brought back. <laughs> I think I, like I, I think the, I would put the restore things that died this turn. You right? know what? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put red above above white. Actually, red red's the the uh, Underworld Breach is such a bonkers card, and I don't even just run it in Storm decks. I would put it basically in any deck because like, you get any permanent type, and you can cast spells repeatedly too. Oh. I mean, it's it's floor. It's kind of like a, a red eternal witness almost. Like it can be that so, card that just like lets you get back that important piece that got milled. And red is really bad at that. Although I was gonna say, I think we might be underrating white. Honestly, like I think white mm -hmm. is better at recurring than it's giving credit for. Sure, you got the Sun Titans and the Savines Reclamation and whatnot, but then you also got a lot of mass reanimation for artifacts and enchantments and planeswalkers. Just like get this all back, and then you got a pretty good creature 
animation, Karmic Guides, we just got mm, Garden yeah, Savior, and I feel like <laughs> this is a way that Wizards has been pushing white. So I feel like it's getting better at this, because Wizards went through that stage of, like, we need card advantage of white, but we don't want to say draw a card out of white card. So they started making more, like, recur stuff from your graveyard style effects to try to get around that. And plus you got, like, Amiria Shepherd, you got literal Amiria. I think white's actually pretty good at getting them. getting graveyard Bust value. On. How about a sweeper? Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah, Marshall's yeah. Anthem? You want to just straight up reanimate creatures like out of the graveyard? Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff it's, in white. It's yeah. pretty good. White's better. So much that you might not want to play Farewell. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Also, also like Karmic Eyed, Rival Arc, these stuff are not only just good reanimation recursion, but they also can combo for Ham Sandwich. So they're not only just good utility, they can recur things, but they can also double as finishers. You know, so that's that's also something that's notable of them. Like Seth said, this used to be White's card draw before Wizards started aggressively pushing for literal card draw, right? This is how you got yeah. cards, by getting them out of your graveyard. Meanwhile, Green is just drawing 15 cards for three mana or something. But... You do realize this is another category where Blue is not only in last, but like way in last in a lot of our rankings like several <laughs> slots behind everything okay, well, else what does blue have like flashback snapcaster mage I'll, torrential yeah, gear I'll, hulk i'll go to bat for blue i think blue has fine options but they're mostly <laughs> all like name one <laughs> name one <laughs> snapcaster mage come okay, on okay you can read it's an spell. etb you could bounce it back to your hand oh remember how well, often Archaeomancer. Archaeomancer. Archaeomancer is like number one. Like, <laughs> how, how many times have we groaned when we saw Archaeomancer? Oh, Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> Mystic Sanctuary, another one to uh, put stuff onto the top of your library. Um, <clears throat> you can get artifacts back with Emery. That's cool. I, right? That's cool. Great. So I, every other color so just like reanimated like 18 million cards, and then white is like one for one over here. I mean, sorry. I red, still like my blue. Diluvian Primordial. You get to reanimate instant sources from your opponent's graveyards. That really yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> no, not I don't really. know if that counts exactly, but uh, oh, jeez, blue just like it's so narrow. You can't. You can only really get back spells, and then I guess in some cases artifacts. But you can't get back creatures, which is kind of a big drawback. Like, I, I think blue just literally does not have a card that can get a creature back from the graveyard, which is a problem. And I feel like a lot of the things that blue does getting back spells, like red can do that too. But then it also gets, like, Underworld Breach and <laughs> Busted Cards that do way, way more. So, I don't know. I think blue, maybe blue is just a bad color in Commander. Is it really b- that bad? Is there, are we missing something? Like, yeah, it's pretty bad, right? I think blues. I've always thought blue is just like really bad at recurring stuff outside of like Snapcaster or spells, but like in general, blue it's, it, yeah. So you don't need to recur. Like, so like this whole category mm-hmm. is a little sus, right? Like, you don't rampant card draw is necessary. Recursion is just yeah. a form of card advantage, which <sighs> you may not need, right? Like, if you and just drew a billion cards, you don't need to yeah. like pick things out of your graveyard to, for value, right? So it's yeah. not strictly needed. So. You know, like a lot of times we don't play with graveyards whatsoever, right? Like you don't actually need it, right? So this is a nice to have and we'll factor it into our rankings. But just because blue is horrendous at this, does it mean... I would put this a lot less severe as blue being horrendous at ramp, which I think is critical to the game of Commander. Like, yeah. who cares if it can't recur, Yeah, right? No, That's... yeah, it's not... I wouldn't weight it as high. Yeah. And also like, 
you just put a mystic sanctuary in your deck and you're like you're fine <laughs> you'll get the important board wipe you need or something back on top of your library and <laughs> the blue board wipe yes <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not it's fade not a, away uh, fade nobody away. expects a second fade away <laughs> Oh, for good for no one expects the first fade away tomer <laughs> because because no Dang. one should be playing it <laughs> uh i think uh even though recursion isn't essential like you can build a deck without it i i do try to have at least a, one or two recursion spells in every deck if you're someone who's just trying to build your commander decks like i think there's a lot of value to it even if you don't have a specific combo Getting back your best cards a just inherently powerful thing to do. So not that blue needs to improve at it, but it is an important part of a lot of decks that I build, I would say. Would you play a regrowth? A raw regrowth. Like not Balagan recovery. Not... In blue? No, 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 no. Just just in green. Oh. Well no, 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 no. I got internal witness. I don't I don't okay, need but it. if it was in blue, would you play it? Yeah. Let's say you, so you would play that. Staple. Well, that. blue has a lot of ways of doing that. Yeah. They have like call to mind and stuff. You know, like, but it only gets spells. Yeah. It only gets spells. It only gets spells. Like it still gets spells. Get other things. Yeah, yeah. I think I would play regrowth in every blue deck if it was a blue card, just because okay. blue doesn't have that effect. Yeah, it would be your only way to get back like a, a creature you need or something. Yeah. I yeah. guess. I can see it. I, the only other way is like you, there's like a bunch of cards to like shuffle your graveyard into your library, and then just keep drawing cards, and you'll find <laughs> and then it eventually. Keep drawing cards, and then you'll find it again. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta put Miss Veil planes up there for white, then you know. Yeah, <laughs> commit to memory though. One. <laughs> All right. Okay. So recursion. Uh, it is nice to have, but like, yeah, uh, blue. It's not the worst, but it's not the worst, I guess. Um. Anyway, we'll move on to tutors. Uh, tutors we're going to define as basically just ways of searching your library for a specific card and putting it either onto the battlefield or onto your hand. You know, pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. Not too much contention here. Uh, Richard, this one what do you have for range? my mind. Okay, so at S, I have black. I think everyone agrees black is undisputed. Yeah. At A, I have green, white, Woo. red. And then Woo. at B, I have blue. So I stop at B <laughs> for wow. tutors. Wow. Wow, that's a lot wow. different than my ranking. Yeah, I have blows my mind. B. I haven't grouped any of these. I have black at S tier, and then nothing in A tier. In B tier, I have white and green. Nothing in C tier. In D tier, I have blue and red. And then I, I, I don't like grouping stuff. I <laughs> these are all relative to me. I don't, I don't, I don't follow this whole grouping thing. So so I, I, I keep things nice and clean for each category. <laughs> S is black, obviously. A, green. B is white. C is blue. And then finally at D is red. That's how I keep it simple, clean. And also Krim, by the way, kept it nice and clean too. <laughs> uh, black at top, then green, then white, then red, and then finally blue. Why is red so bad? Because red... Okay, so what actually what are the red tutors, tutors in red? You have okay. Gamble, and you have Gamble. and you have uh, the three-drop creature that's played in Legacy Imperial that gets recruiter. a small... Imperial, Imperial Recruiter, that's, yeah. That's goblin it. Welder. Are... No, Goblin Engineer. Engineer, engineer okay. whatever. Tutor <laughs> Artifact the, the Artifact the artifact. Those okay. three. Okay. Yep. That's all you need to play? Goblin Matron. Oh. <laughs> you get goblins. Oh. And, and yeah, yeah, Gamble that's... carries the whole category. Like, Gamble's not... So, it's a one-mana nah. tutor. So okay, I, I refuse, and, and then, I refuse to play. And then Gamble. you have recruiter for like you know edge cases, right? But I, I feel yeah. that 
that should put it at least playable, right? Like you, you will always play this if you want to tutor. You would put you put red at A just because of gamble. Just a single card. Gamble. Gamble. gamble is unique. It's an A. It, I, I think Gamble's it's only really good. Non-black card. They can just tutor up anything, right? Like yep. it's either black you, then or you gamble. Then you discard it nine times out of ten. You discard <laughs> it and then you cry. <laughs> there is risk. There is risk. There's, There's a risk. red way. Just like they might counterspell your spell. I don't know, man. I, like sometimes it doesn't work out, right? But mathematically, it's good, right? <laughs> so my argument for putting it so low was. The lack of depth. Like, I agree that Gamble is just below the Black Tutors, essentially, in power level. Black gets to do it without any of the risk involved. But it's probably, outside of the Black Tutors, just the single best tutor in the format because you can get any card. But beyond Gamble, the bench is pretty thin when it comes to red. You're really scraping around to, like, tutor up goblins. Recruiter can work in some decks. So the lack of depth is what had me ranking it so low. Compared to blue, blue... It's pretty narrow with its tutors, spells, and artifacts. It's pretty good at getting, but then it's not really good at finding creatures or other things. Uh, but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of ways to tutor up artifacts in blue. There's several ways to tutor up spells in blue. So I think that even though it's not as powerful as Gamble, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and you're playing a commander deck. You got 100 singleton cards. You're not going to see that Gamble every game. Like that's that's part of what makes red not that good. Is you're just not gonna you're not gonna see it. There's only one option. <laughs> Tober, would you like all to right. update the cast? All right, your all right. I might have, I might have grouped one of them. I decided to bump. He's a grouper. blue up to the white range and B. All right, I cheated. I cheated. I feel bad, but I, I agree with Seth. So, so black, obviously. I don't, I don't think there's much of debate here. Demonic tutor, vampiric tutor, grim tutor. You can find whatever card you want. You can find whatever card you want, and at the most efficient rate. You know. Um, and there's extras, even if you go into certain, um, in certain archetypes, like there's like, uh, the one that's sac, it's a demonic tutor, but you have to sacrifice a creature. So you get even content. more, yeah. So you get even more options there. And there's like a spell slinger one and whatever. You get any card you want. That's, that's huge. Green can find creatures. Green is really good at finding creatures. Guess what? The format is defined by creatures largely. And that's what green wants to do. You got survival of the fittest. You got your worldly tutor. You got your Fauna Shaman. You got uh, stuff that like looks for a mana value six or higher thing. You got Finale of Devastation. You got Green Sun Zenith. Like you got, you got stuff. You got tutors that are also finishers. It just happens. They do both. They do both. Why not? Um, white got. I think like I think uh, you can get lands kind of weathered Wayfarer. Uh, lane tax, I guess. Uh, that's probably card advantage. You get uh, Ranger of Eos. You can get one CMC stuff, which is narrow, but sometimes work. You get Im- Recruiter of the Guard, which is also like Imperial Recruiter. And then you have a bunch of ways that can find uh, enchantments, specifically auras. You get Enlightened Tutor. Uh, you get uh, Idyllic Tutor. You get Heliod's Pilgrim. Um, and then you also get ways of getting equipment. You get Open Armory, which also gets auras. Um, Steel Shaper's Gift, Stoneforge. So there's like a lot. Yeah. What does Thalia's yeah, Lancers do? Is it Planeswalkers? Thalia's gets, gets a legendary. Legendary. Something like you can tutor like, literally everything. Yeah. It's like yeah. five with white, except you need a different card for each thing you want to tutor, right? Yeah. Like the color itself has access to tutoring basically everything. And yeah. oh, we forgot also the rectors, like Academy Rector, Arena Rector, really, yeah. really strong in the right decks. So tutoring right to the battlefield is like ramp plus tutoring essentially. Yeah, and I think blue's actually quite good too. Like blue's really good at finding sorcerers and instants. Uh, so mystical tutor is obviously really good, but then like cer- 
solve the equation three mana. It's like a groom tutor for your instant sorceries. Um, Transmute. Then there's like spell seeker. Yeah, transmute spells. You could discard yep. them and find same mana value. And then it's also really good at artifacts. I would say the best uh, color add tutoring up artifacts outside of black, I guess. Black cheating though. Uh, you got the trinket what? mage, the tribute mage, White. the trophy mage. Fabricate. You got war of invention. You can instant speed put an artifact from your from your library directly onto the battlefield. And it has improvise, which is bananas, and anchor to the reality. Like so much. So if, if you're an artifact deck, you're so happy. <laughs> what? Tinker is so good that it's banned. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but Tinker's now it's four busted. mana Tinker is fine. <laughs> um so so yeah, and but then red just has like three cards, and I think one of them is the only one that's like generic. And it's the best one of all time. <laughs> I, I refuse to play it every single ah, time. That's why I'm surprised you guys that they hang around in D and C. I think all these tutors are actually very it's like strong. chaos warp. Gamble is like chaos warp to me. I acknowledge that <laughs> it's a good card. I refuse to play it. <laughs> Which what's farther ahead, green at ramping or black at tutoring? Compared to the rest of the green colors. Green at ramping. Green, green, green at ramping. Everyone else can ramp. <laughs> everyone yeah. else can tutor by this list here, right? Well, everyone else yeah. ramp. We, we had, everyone else had some ramp. We got our high tides and our, you know, cartographer's hawks. Everyone's ramping in their, in their own way. So th- th- there's a difference between those ramps, right? Like, they're fragile or you have to use it all at once. This is like straight tutoring. Everyone can tutor with the same card in hand, right? And it's in your hand. It's good to go. Plus, tutoring is not as important. Like, you know, we shy away from tutors because it kind of makes the game a little boring you don't actually need a tutor it just makes your deck more consistent uh, but you do need ramp right so if uh if you feel red doesn't have access to tutors i don't think that like shuts off your game plan or anything right but if you don't have yeah. access to any ramp you're kind of doing nothing and journaling around right so yeah I... you, you can kind of offset tutoring by just drawing more cards because it increases the likelihood yeah. of you or finding play it. More but you need to draw cards either way whatever you're trying to yeah. play right yeah, you need to draw cards because you need to keep hitting your land drops. You need to recover from board wipes and stuff like that. You need to have constantly cards being refilled. Whereas tutoring is it's, it's good. It speeds things up and it enables game plans, like specific combos, for example. Like combo decks will want tutors a little bit higher, but not all decks are combo decks. Yeah, I've cut down on my tutors a ton. I used to play a lot of them, but I definitely agree. They're not essential, and then the commander might actually be better without them. Also... Y'all had green rank pretty highly. You're not including stuff that tutors lands, right? Like not Rampant Growth or Kadama's Reach. So even though they're technically tutoring, we're not counting them as far as tutors the green in, can in only our rankings. Tutor creatures if, well, green lands. Can, can tutor lands to like Sylvan Scrying. Yeah. Because it puts it any land, any land for two mana. So that's your expedition map, which for one mana discount, I guess. Our and there's like Nylea's intervention. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like you can tutor utility Alia's... lands, which makes a difference, right? Yeah. You're not tutoring just basics. So you can bring up yeah. utility lands, but just the raw, like green has a creature for everything. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can green sun Zenith into removal, into artifact destruction or something, into card draw. Like you can green My sun Zenith game. into anything you want, ramp yeah. if you want. <laughs> Just not a sweeper, can, I guess, right? So you get finale of devastation into a win condition. Yeah, just like it is your finale con, of devastation. Right? <laughs> just like, so, oops, yeah. Green is pretty strong. Yeah, we also we don't play survival of the fittest that often, but it is one of the most powerful cards in the format. I survival think tooth and nail, tooth, tooth and nail, like a trike. Yeah, immediately, yeah. immediately win. Yeah, green is green good. is definitely it's, good. That's that's for yeah, sure. It's pretty, 
Yeah. I, I feel so. this is the only category where I could say all colors are good with a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing severely lacking or anything. Yeah. Mm, red could use some more, I think. I'm still on the red needs, could use some more, but. Yeah, but otherwise, how, do you, how many tutors do you actually play? You That's my question. Like, you just ah. play one or two. Gamble fills. You're, you don't need depth if you have a gamble, right? If you don't own a gamble, you're out of luck, right? But if you own a gamble, you're like, that's, that's the tutor slot. I'm done. I'm curious how much nor, uh, normal people play. I've ended up cutting a ton of tutors from what I used to play, so now I usually play one. But I used to, when I first started playing Commander, I would have like six or as many as I could fit because I wanted to be able to find whatever card I wanted and make sure I had that consistency. I'm honestly curious if you're if you're watching this someplace where you can comment. How many tutors do you put in your decks? Like, uh, I don't know if I'm the exception to the rule playing like zero to one tutors, and everyone else is playing five or as many as they can, or if I'm the norm and most people don't play many tutors in their deck. I feel we play less tutors over time because we have too many staples now. So back in the day, mm. <laughs> there were like a handful of staples, and you needed to tutor them up so your deck would be functional. <laughs> But now you have so many staples that it doesn't really matter for you to tutor. And <laughs> when I'm tutoring, I'm trying to tutor like my hidden commander up or something. Like I have a one of card yeah. in my deck that I need my deck built around. But like like a, a value tutor isn't as common anymore because all, all of my cards are really good and they all do things due to power creep, like all the support cards. So wow, that's I also a good mm. point. Because really, a tutor is essentially just adding attacks to the spell that you want. When you really think about it, like you're you're yeah. getting the spell you want, but you're paying more mana. And if all your cards are good, why why pay the tax if you it's, can it's just the draw and cast all Otsu's your good spell. cards? Like every card is good. You don't need to tutor anything, right? Just play any card in your deck, <laughs> right? Yeah, like like whatever, it's fine, right? I for me at least, I think I add tutors into my deck once I played a, a couple times because at the beginning I don't really know which cards. Like I have a good idea of which card like the deck is good, but to fine tune the deck, I might realize I might play a card and realize it's not that good. And there's a similar card in the deck that does the same thing for redundancy. And I'm like, well, this card's bad. Uh, and I, I generally just want to find this card because this card's really good. So I'll replace the bad card with the tutor, but it requires playtesting on my part. So eventually, like my, my most tuned decks usually have one or two, uh, tutors added to the deck after fine tuning it a bit. Whereas, you know, for Commander Clash, this is the first time and only time I'm playing a deck. So I'm not going to, like, cut these cool, quirky cards because, you know, I want to see them. I want to see them in play first before I cut them and, and, you know, start adding tutors to find the good ones. The first card to cut when you're over and it's the first card to add when you're under. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, might as well. (laughs) Yeah, true. And if you're combo, then you like tutoring a little bit more. But, like, I don't want to put that much. All right, so we covered tutors, we covered recursion, we covered card draw, we covered ramp. Uh, we still have a lot of categories to go. Uh, next podcast, I suppose, or next time we pick this topic up, I suppose, we're going to be covering removal and other unique stuff like protection and whatnot to kind of round out a deck and round out the strengths or weaknesses of the colors. So uh, that's where we're going to end it. Uh, let us know how you like this style of podcast. We haven't really done something like this before. Uh, what do you think of our definitions of the aspects of the decks that we covered so far? And, you know, if there were any critical cards for each color that we were talking about and analyzing, if there was something we missed, we, we should have maybe, uh, evaluated the, the, 
uh, category is a little bit different, how you would evaluate them. Um, and then also for next uh, time we're picking it up, what categories do you think we should be covering? Uh, we're going to have like removal, each kind of removal, uh, unique stuff like protection spells and whatnot. Is there anything big that you think we, sh- we should cover? Let us know in the comments section below. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Like and subscribe if you enjoyed this sort of stuff. And until next time, friends, see ya.